This is by far the biggest show that we have ever done here on BlockBytes. So it has been one hell of a weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Unless you've been living under a rock, you know exactly what's been going on. Silvergate crashed, Silicon Valley Bank crashed. At the 11th hour, the Fed and the FDIC stepped in saying, we are backstopping the banks. We are going to make all depositors whole. That caused USDC to repeg. Some are saying that we're at the beginning of a new bull market. Some are saying it's a huge bull trap. We're going to break that down for you today. We're going to see exactly what the predictions are for the federal funds rate. There's an emergency uh, FOMC meeting happening right now. We're going to break it all down. We're going to learn together. Stick around and join us. Let's get into the show. whole lot of green in the market today, ladies and gentlemen. And, and I gotta be honest, I was not expecting this. Uh, I was, I was truly expecting Monday to be uh Monday, bloody Monday, but, but something, something has shifted and we need to like get to the bottom of exactly what shifted over the weekend before we get started. Clay Corval, how y'all doing? Man, it's been a weekend. It's uh, it's it was week. it was a roller coaster of emotions. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, just you know, like, le like let's be honest. Uh, USDC DPEG, the most yep. it's the most frightening event we've had in crypto since since I've been involved. Like truly, with I with I actually have a more frightening event. And I want to share it with you right now. Yeah. So my most frightening event is right now. I'm going to admit that Clay was right the <laughs> other day and apologize for going against him on Signature Bank. And, you know, that's more frightening than a 20% drop on Bitcoin. But yes, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. I just wanted to get no, that I out mean, of the way before we started. I mean, in, in, in a lot of ways, I'm, 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 uh, I'm sad that I was right on that one. Like that's, that's, you know, I, I don't think that's a good thing overall for, uh, for the crypto space, the question is what comes next, right? Where, where do we go from here? And, and, and why did they close? Um, those are, those are things. Seems like things we go are... up from here. Well, well, let's talk about that because there's, there's a lot of different narratives in the market and I, I just want to kick over. I want to share the Bitcoin chart real quick. So I want to tell y'all a little story of me over the weekend. Uh, I converted USDT into USDC uh, at about 95 and a half cents when Jeremy Allaire came out and said, hey, we're going to back all these no matter what, even if we have to bring in customer deposits. I said, shit, okay, we probably have a nice little ARB opportunity. And I held it and I sold it at 99. Like it was a, it was a good trade, three and a half percent. And my intention was I was going to turn around and put that into, you know, Phantom or some other alts uh, that were well-priced. And while I was waiting to catch my three and a half percent, I watched Phantom go like 14. I did get a good buy. I was able to buy in about 38 cents. I'm happy with that. 41 was was prior support. So I'm, I'm very, very happy with that buy. Uh, but nevertheless, so I want to show you all a couple of things that happened. And this is, these are not small potatoes, my friend. And, you know, one of the one of the traders that I just love following, his name is Big Cheds. Um, he's one of the founding analysts of a site called Bitcoin.live. It's I don't have a referral link for you guys. It's not something I get paid to talk about. But him, uh, Bob Lucas, Peter Brand, these are like really, really, really good traders. And, and he never looks at fundamentals whatsoever. He only looks at the charts. And so what we had here is uh, what you call a hammer or a dragonfly doji on the weekly. This no is a huge... 
reversal signal uh, right there. And I just want to show you. So this drop down here, in fact, did give us the shoulder, kind of. It's not a not a beautiful shoulder, but it's a shoulder nevertheless. And we have a uh, we have a clearly defined neckline right here. So that's what we're looking to break through. Actually, I would probably put that a little bit higher. So we're, we're really looking to break through that 25 to 25.5 range. If we do, the way that a head and shoulders works is you go from the neckline to the head. Well, let's not do that, which is roughly 33% or 8,341. So if we were to take it from there, we would go from here up, let me see. 8,341, which would get us to right around this area here, right around the next level of, uh, of good resistance. So that's where, if, if the head and shoulders plays out, that's generally what it's looking like. Do I think we're going to get there? I don't know. Uh, the market's very bullish. There's been a lot of bullish tweets out recently. We should probably, you know what we should probably do before we get into the two bullish tweets, I think we should probably pay, uh, play some of Biden's comments to share why exactly uh, this is happening now. So let's get into that. I think we have we have a video queued up, right? I protecting think the banking system, protecting the economic gains we've made together for the American people. Thank you, God bless you, and may God protect our troops. See you in California. Mr. President, what do you know right now about why this happened? And can you assure Americans that there won't be a ripple effect? Do you expect all other banks to fail, Mr. President? Should all depositors be protected at all banks? So the, the actual speech was a lot, a lot better. We just, we just, our producer, Brad snipped that out, but let's talk about, so uh, there's a bunch of bullish stuff and we will get to the video of, of Biden speaking in a minute. Uh, but at about midnight, my time last night, we have CZ tweeting, given the changes in stable coins and banks, Binance will convert the remaining of the 1 billion industry recovery initiative fund which they set up, I think, last year from BUSD to native crypto, including BTC, BNB, and ETH. So there was a, a particularly nice front run opportunity there. And Arthur Hayes, whom, you know, love him or hate him, the dude is very, very, very intelligent when it comes to financial markets. He says, are you ready for the MFing? I'll say MFing today. We'll be, we'll be saying the real world, real word later, bull market. And then Dylan LeClaire, who is, you know, he's a BTC maxi, but like the dude is very, very, very intelligent uh, when it comes to traditional markets as well as Bitcoin. And he says the BTC narrative has seen the strongest reinforcement in years over the past week. Expect plenty volatility as fiat on off ramps get decapitated, which we're going to talk about that. Long term hodl bag is up only. Get your coins into personal custody. Steady lads. There is no alternative. So I want to kick it over to you guys. Uh, Clay, let's start with you, man. What what's going on out there? What's the narrative that is driving the market right now? Well, I mean, obviously the the Fed, you know, the Fed and the the Treasury have stepped in to to you know, stop a systemic bank run crisis. That's obviously the that's the prevailing prevailing reason why the markets are up. Like whether it's rational or not, um, you know, it doesn't. The markets are are rarely rational, but uh, you know, I think that it's things like let me. Uh, let me pull this up. But now it's not all markets. Let's be clear. Right. You know, it's not. Uh, the S&P is, you know, moderately down. Uh, no, actually, it's moderately up. I lied. Up 1% on the day. The two-year treasury yields down almost 10%. 
The Dixie is down to 103 and a half. Sorry, go ahead. So Goldman Sachs no longer expects Fed uh, to, uh, to hike rates in March. That's that, that's obviously what, you know, the, like the, the the stress to the banking system clearly has brought or the stress to the uh, the Fed funds rate has, has clearly broken the banking system. And mm -hmm. now that's, you know, the only uh, there's a very, very high chance now of a Fed pivot, which is what we've all been waiting for to create some type of bullish momentum uh, to re you know, to restart a bull market effectively. Uh, and now this is, you know, now you have big banks like Goldman Sachs saying uh, they expect no longer that the Fed can can continue to hike uh, rate rate hike because of what we saw over the weekend. Right. And so that's I mean, that's the catalyst. The Are we sitting in an economic environment that can sustain a bull market, though? And that's my question. Too. I know there's a lot of money on the sidelines, but yeah but uh, you know are we are we just going to be drab little crabs for a little while or or are we really looking at something here what what's your take on that clay i mean it all happens with with rates moving forward like i think long term i think like it's 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 really hard to predict and remains to be seen what's going to happen from a move like this i guess it depends on uh where's the money coming from for these these bailout programs so like is it is it actually you know printing more and uh, and are we allowing the banks to fail or are we just prolonging the issue to become, you know, basically I was, I was going to put out a tweet on Friday that said basically this, and I, I didn't put it out, but fed tools, raise debt ceiling, turn on the money printer, uh, stave off systemic bank failure. If it became a reality, which was clearly headed that direction, uh, in, inflation elongated. That's basically, basically what I'm saying is, you know, you bail everybody out, you print more money. And then we're back to the boogeyman being inflation long term or the alternative scenario. Uh, some mid banks collapse. It destroys all of the loans that they have outstanding. Uh, it accelerates the credit event. It tightens the supply because all that credit gets sucked out of the market. Those dollars are now gone uh, and effectively lowers inflation. So that would have been the alternative path. The problem is that if they had done that. Like there were too many large, real, legitimate companies affected with Silicon Valley bank failure. Like a third of Roku's nine-year profit was gone if that happened, right? If you didn't make depositors whole, then we're talking real-world consequences across massive organizations. Uh, and it's not just Roku. The list, if you see the full list of everybody, it was wild. And so they they didn't have it. They had no choice. If you let so, uh, Silicon Valley Bank fail, then we were going to see a bank run across all regional banks, which I think we did see. Uh, the beginning of and, and like here's a stat uh 42 billion dollars was was requested for withdrawal in one day it's and on the in comparison for the uh the, the great financial crisis 2008 there was 16 billion of uh, requests withdrawals in 30 days so we had almost almost a 3x of withdrawals in one day of people saying i'm leaving i'm leaving regional banks and i'm going to bank of america i'm going to jp morgan i'm going to the big four and yep. you know imagine that across because I, I think like those four hold, I don't know, maybe you said the stat earlier it was like four was billion like th between three and four trillion dollars. Yeah, trillion, yeah, of of a total of what, 60 trillion? It's basically, no, it was like, I think it's something like, I don't remember the exact number, so I'm going to sound like an idiot. It's between 10 and 20 trillion in the United States banking system, though. And I want to be clear. So you mentioned bailouts, and these are not bailouts. A bailout is when yeah. they save the bank, they're not right. saving the bank. Right. They're, they're, uh, yeah, the shareholders are saving are the depositors. Right. And we're going to actually get into exactly what they're doing here in just a minute. But I wanted to kick it over to you for a second, Corval. And, and mm -hmm. I have a question for you. So 
you know, Bitcoin and the crypto markets are catching a bid uh, in a way that other traditional markets are not right now. And over the weekend, we had something like, I don't know, I think it was 40,000 depositors at Silicon Valley Bank, many of which are in the tech industry, which is inherently intertwined with crypto in a large way, uh, who felt what it was like to be unsure or have no control over your money, right? For at least a couple of days. Do you think the the move that we're seeing is people feeling the effects of why Bitcoin was created? The real reason why hard money outside of the, the traditional banking system is needed? Yeah, I think that narrative makes sense in that, you know, people are getting a little... Uh disenchanted with how the system is working they're kind of reminded again like you know crypto is risky things break and collapse all the time but i mean it's more cataclysmic when it happens in these big existing banks traditional banks and having to rely on the fed to back it up but i would still say there's probably a lot of people that still have confidence because of you know the backstops the fed taking quick action but i wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of capital inflows to bitcoin I know Nick Dracon was on Twitter a lot, replying to a lot of people like, why isn't Bitcoin pumping? Why isn't Bitcoin pumping? This is the exact reason why Bitcoin should pump. But Bitcoin pumps today. So maybe they just- El Pumpa. Bitcoin was waiting. The market was waiting on the direction of what happened with the Treasury and the Fed. Mm -hmm. Like what, whatever whatever the bail, you know, it's, not, it's not truly a bailout because the bank did fail. These shareholders will get nothing. Um, so it was not a bailout in that form. But the market was waiting directionally to see what is the what is the intervention? Is it you know are they going to step yeah. in and make sure that regional banks are saved? Because effectively mm -hmm. we would have seen we would have seen a a 1930s style bank run uh, if they had not stepped in and, and done what they did on Sunday or at least made the announcement of what they were going to do today. Like that's what that's what would have resulted. Now let's talk about this for a second because this is a really really important point in that the banks were not technically insolvent or if they were it was only minimally right so what happened during covid is banks were getting a huge influx of money because money was printed it was going out into the economy and they had to find somewhere to put that and rates were near zero during covid and so what they did they put them in long dated treasury bonds that did not yield very much but they were they were supposedly the safest things on the market backed by the full faith and credit of the united states government okay so uh fast forward a year and a half, two years, we see massive rate hikes start to happen. And what happens is that treasury bond yielding one, 1.2% over 10 years is worth far less than a current 10 year, which is yielding 5%, right? So what, what they had to happen is when they had a, a run on the banks, they had to start dumping these at a fairly significant loss. And I think the loss was in the realm of two to $3 billion are you talking Silvergate specifically? Valley Bank. I'm talking about Silicon Valley Bank okay. in this regards, right? So they were close to actually meeting all of their withdrawals, but they were having to dump these on the market in mass. And so we're going to, let's actually take a look at this real quick. So I want to, I want to talk to you guys about what the bank term funding program actually is and how this goes to backstop them because the fund is only 25 billion. And if you look at it just as a number and go, well, shit, there was 42 billion in withdrawals. How could that back anyone up? Well, if you know that the delta for most of these banks was not more than two, three billion, 
right? That is actually a fairly sufficient backstop. So let's look at it. So the program is to provide liquidity to U.S. depository institutions. Each Federal Reserve Bank would make advances to eligible borrowers, taking as collateral certain types of securities. And that's important. So these, these treasury bonds, they're essentially stopping them from dumping on the market. And so essentially, here's the way that it works. I'll give you a quick synopsis so we don't have to bore you with reading this whole thing. So if you're a bank that has a, let's say, a 10-year treasury bond that is is at, let's say, 1.2% or something like that, which means the market value is significantly less uh, than the, the value at, at expiry, we'll call it. Um, if you have to dump that on market, you're going to lose money. And so what they're doing is they're stepping in and they're saying, okay, you pledge that to us as collateral. We are going to give you a loan for the full par value, the full valuation of what that treasury bond is worth. And, uh, you can pay us back over time, but you must have owned them prior to March 12th, 2023. And so there are no fees associated with the program. It says here. And so essentially you took a big ass risk. You screwed up. All right, we're gonna we're gonna give you a loan to take that risk off the table is essentially what they're doing, uh, and and this is actually now looking at this from you know a very like rudimentary perspective because it's the only perspective I have. Uh, this seems like a fair solution, and at least the short term. But is it a long term solution? And I'm not really educated enough to speak on that. But I'm interested to know what you guys think. I think it's a interesting solution. It kind of it seems like a reverse loan almost. Like you're like you're getting a loan back for the the face value or the par mm -hmm. value, but you're still like losing out on all that. You're you're having to pay interest back. So it, it will help with like their liquidity needs now, but long term they're still getting well, they're forward. also, from what I understand, they're also losing out on the yield. So for mm -hmm. instance, if you put a million dollars into a te ten year treasury that yields 2%, right? After, after the 10 years, it's worth 1 million plus 2%, right? Mm -hmm. Now yeah. at this, they're giving you the par value. So if your market value of that $1 million today is 600,000, but you have to meet your withdrawals, they're going to give you the loan of the difference and yeah. keep the change. And, and that is, is why I understand this. That is why that's, that is why this is not a bailout because the banks will pay like they will use their own, mm -hmm. um, they will use their own profits to effectively pay this back based on the treasuries that they that are held. If right they can now. profit so again, those ten year those ten year treasuries once they come to expiry are going to be a certain amount of profit to cover the payback of this of this loan, which is effectively one percent. And mm -hmm. so, so that's why it's not a bailout from like the global financial crisis type terms. Yeah, the right. way that they've done this, and so it's not free, it's so not, that definitely is, not free money, but it is a big boon right. to them. Um, Here's an interesting number from an investing class I took last year. Uh, the value of a bond de depreciate, like the, the market value of a bond for each 1% interest rate rise over like what you bought it at, it depreciates by like 25, 30% of the face value. So, you know, if they bought these like, what, like two years ago, whatever, when interest rates were like zero, they're looking at selling these for like dirt. <laughs> like yeah, nothing. they're getting I'm a like, big haircut. Yeah, I mean, not even a haircut. This is a beheading. Like, you're, you're, and you're, so that's pretty much a guarantee of this getting repaid, though, because you know they're only giving you the difference between what you're guaranteed to get at expiry versus what they're worth on the market now, so that you can fulfill the withdrawals that are coming in from your bank. Yeah, they cash out the treasury later when it's at par or higher value, and the loan gets repaid. So it is actually 
a fairly nice system uh, because collateral is being pledged. However, it still is a form of quantitative easing. Easing. Yeah. And and that's actually a big, big fucking problem. And the reason is inflation is not yet under control. And I had this, you know, I was talking to my mom last night. I like to bring her up on this show a lot. I should have her on one day. <laughs> but anyhow, we're chatting last night. I said, you know, they're at the point to where the the economy may be so systemically intertwined that the, the way in the way in which they rose they raised rates so fast right cracked it in such a way that they don't have the ability to get inflation down they have to turn on the printer or else everything is going to go to shit and if that's the case are we past the point to where they have the tools to deal with inflation in any effective way because if not we're moving towards the end of the United States dollar, right? I mean, who knows when it's going to happen, but it is going to happen at some point, right? There's going to be like the Euro did, you know, there's going to be some sort of new currency that has to come about. And this may be why Bitcoin's catching a bid. Maybe people are starting to understand. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I, mean, I, think I want to address Brad's question here. It's not really like Alchemics because um, it's not a self-repaying loan. Like they're not getting like, any yield off of this like it's it's like returning the bond into a loan like they're having to pay mm -hmm. the interest back um, right so that's they're the pledging collateral is yeah. what they're doing and uh here's a loan when you're when your bond you know becomes due and ready for for full expiry you pull that money out and you pay us back or we pull the money out and pay ourselves back one of the two i'm not really sure how that's going to work but i do want to mention so there is an emergency fed meeting that I believe is happening right now. Uh, and, and this I found to be very interesting. An emergency closed door meeting will be held by the Federal Reserve Board of Governors today under expedited procedures. As per the statement released on March 12th, the board will review and determine the advance and discount rates to be charged by the Federal Reserve Banks during the meeting. So they are, they are effectively having a rate meeting, an emergency rate meeting right now. And something very interesting uh, that is going on. So we have, and this is, you know, the uh, the target rate probabilities. So we have 35.8% of people betting on a 0% or zero basis point rate hike with 64 still pricing in 25. And if we kick over to uh, Benjamin Cowan's tweet here, he says markets now expect 5% to be the terminal rate and rate cuts in July. Remember, Two months ago, we weren't even seeing rate cuts this year. No, zero. Um, and zero, right? It, it was higher for longer. We were definitely going to go up another half a point somewhere in there. So this is a very, very interesting time that we're starting to witness. Uh, and, and they're going to force Powell's hand at some point. If they don't, like if, if they're of the opinion that, okay, we backstopped the banks, we've, we've puttied the cracks, Let's continue with our rate hikes. I think we see a, a cataclysmic move in the markets, personally. In a, in a positive way? No. In a no, you're, oh, you're saying they resume rate hikes? They resume rate hikes. Gotcha, gotcha. If they, if they yeah. pause, yes. combined with what, you know, so we have CPI tomorrow. Yep. Uh, and then we have PPI on, uh, was it Wednesday? No, how do we have all that? So we have CPI tomorrow. We have PPI on Wednesday. And so, you know, if we actually do have a lower print of inflation, uh, that would be very, very positive. You yes. know, so I think if we get that paused with 
uh, or, or combined with a Fed pause, I think we're on our way. I mean, these are the things we were waiting for. You know, we're, we're getting closer to the point. So very, very interesting. I think we need to talk about uh, about um, Signature Bank. We need to talk about Signature Bank. We got to talk uh, and, about it. Yeah. So, so you know, the the whole purpose of all of this and everything that they were trying to do was to reinstill faith in the banking system. And this ought to tell you whether or not they did. Uh, so there are, I don't know how many banks are listed here, 20, 25 that were halted for trading this morning by the New York Stock Exchange due to volatility. So if they, if a, if a stock moves, I believe it's like 15%, like more than 15%, they stop trading. Uh, due to volatility. And that's what happened here. This is, you know, there was major, major volatility on all of the banks. And like Fifth Third was down 20%. I my dad, you know, he deals with Fifth Third. So I sent him a text this morning. Um, and then this tweet, very, very interesting. US regional bank stocks now, Western Alliance 75%, First Republic down 65%, which I do believe that has recovered at the moment. Comerica, PacWest, Zion's Bank Corp, basically anything outside the top five or maybe the top 10, you know, is in danger. So Clay, I'm interested to know, Signature was closed. Um, yeah. And with Signature, they cited systemic risks. Now, Signature, as far as I read, as far as I understand, was fulfilling all withdrawals. Uh, anyone running on that bank was getting their money out. And so it seems very, of course, I'm going to take this position, but it seems very choke pointy to me that Silvergate goes down, Silicon Valley Bank goes down, which was a crypto friendly bank. I mean, Ripple banked there, Circle banked there. Um, and now we have Signature, which was, was set to be the new darling for crypto exchanges now that Silvergate went down. And so I'm interested to know, Clay, what, what's your take on all this? Because I think you have a lot more information than the rest of us. Well, I mean, I think you're asking the exact right question, which is which is why why was Silicon Valley Bank saved, but Signature was was very abruptly and honestly without much information as to why the exact reason that we're discussing um, completely shut down. And if you look at the like the similarities between Silicon Valley Bank and Signature, uh, they're actually quite glaring. Which is um, about about ninety percent of deposits uh, at Signature were 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 not FDI and FDIC insured, they were you know beyond the two hundred fifty thousand dollars limit. Well, ninety three percent of deposits at at uh, Silicon Valley Bank were also the same thing. Um, Signature, it's like crypto made up like ten percent of their entire business. Like they're they are heavily in the uh, um, com commercial like commercial housing market. Like that's really their core business. They're far more diversified uh, than than Silvergate ever was, and so it doesn't like like you have to call in. Uh, the choke point 2.0 discussion here because it makes it doesn't make a lot of sense why you would you would take them out uh, outside of the, the signet you know signet's really the only thing you can point to and so the importance of this I don't think can be overlooked now were they doing fan, you know was their business in a fantastic place no it was not so like you know Silvergate they they borrowed about 3.6 billion from the U.S. federal home loans bank system and that's the the FHLB. And that's basically what's being used to backstop all of this right now. And so the FHLB uh, is raising about $64 billion to continue uh, these home, these not these home loans, but these loans to banks. It's basically bank-to-bank -bank lending in times of, of you know catastrophic events like we're having right now. Right. So, so Silvergate borrowed $3.6 billion. Uh, if you listen to Across the Chains on Friday, that loan was recalled. 
like that that loan was literally recalled and said actually we're going to go back on that and take that back from you and so you know so silvergate clearly was not in a great place well signature far more diversified about 10 times larger as a bank just itself um you know compared mm -hmm. to silvergate uh they had borrowed 10 billion from the FHLB system uh, in the last quarter of 2022. So yes, they they had problems, uh, and it was about three times more than what you know what Silvergate needed to borrow, and that was due to the FTX bankruptcy issue. So the same reasons that Silvergate had issues, they did as well. Um, but you know they were they were still you know they were still solvent. Like the bank itself was still solvent. So uh, it doesn't make a lot of sense why this would happen. It actually has rippling effects for this ecosystem, and and it's. Uh, I, I like my biggest concern is where we go from here is is what happens now that they are gone. So like that's mm -hmm. that is a a massive mm -hmm. problem. So uh, yeah, I don't. I, there's. Did you guys see quite if any where where people have rebanked because didn't didn't Circle just move to Signature Bank and now that Signature they Bank had some there. there. By the way, how's my sound? Somebody said my sound was crackling. Your sound is good. I switched it a little bit. So there was, I know Goldman Sachs uh, is banking, Ge oh, the Gemini tweet that you shared that with me up? earlier, Clay. Do yeah, you have that? Yeah, I'll I grab do. it if you want me to. No, I got it. So they share the various places where they bank, JP Morgan just being one of them. It wasn't the yeah. Chinese, was it? So <laughs> the first, let's, let's address the, the concern of, of Signature being abruptly canceled effectively. Mm -hmm. uh, and, then, and then we can talk about Gemini. So basically, uh, if you've been following along, you know, Silvergate, had the Silvergate Exchange Network. That is how money was transferred. You know, it basically instantaneously, twenty-four hours a day, seven days a week. You know, and crypto was the large beneficiary of that. Uh, as Silvergate went down, then you know, um, Signature had the the market opportunity in Signet to kind of replace that flow of, of capital, right? For particularly for exchanges, uh, i.e., you know, Coinbase and 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 others. So if Signet goes out of commission, do, is this on screen? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yep, uh, yep. If Signet goes out of commission, users may have trouble getting rapidly in and out of exchanges, dramatically impacting crypto market liquidity um, from Dragonfly, blah, blah, blah. Uh, especially those that are dealing in centralized finance. There's only two. The biggest thing about Silvergate and Signature was that they were the only two banks that really had global 24-7 settlement systems. So mm -hmm. that is like, that's that's the concern here, right? Like what, what happens now? Because yeah, you can now over to Gemini. Like I, I use Gemini as a centralized exchange. I don't hold shit on there, as you would imagine, as none of us or any of us who have been watching and talking about this stuff, you obviously get everything off of centralized exchanges. Uh, but my concern was if I wanted an HAC deposit in or out, what do I do now? Like what 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 actually happens from here? And and so they put this out uh, two hours before we went live. Uh, very sad news about Signature Bank. They've been an incredible partner to Gemini. We have zero customer funds, zero Gemini dollars USD. Their stablecoin held the signature. Uh, all Gemini customer US deposits are held at JP Morgan, Goldman Sachs, and State Street Bank. Um, and as a reminder, Gemini's full reserve exchange custodian means that all customer funds and Gemini dollars are reserved one to one. So basically, just reinstilling confidence that they have other banking options for uh, you know to to make sure that the money they have on hand is available. Fine. Mm. It doesn't. It doesn't change the fact that there is no Silvergate Exchange Network and no Signet, and so I don't know. You know, that's that to me is the large looming question. Obviously, that opens opportunities for people to step in, other banks. But like, is J.P. Morgan or any of the folks listed at the you know at the top of this tweet, are they really or right here, J.P. Morgan, Goldman Sachs, or State Street Bank, are they really wanting to get into the business of having a twenty four? Like, do they want to deal with with crypto companies like that? That's so, well. 
so what I understand about SEN and Signet, really, it was not for us. It hmm. was be oh, because we didn't yeah. hold accounts at those banks. It was exchange to exchange, big players, OTC, anything that needs to yep. happen after banking hours so that you can get full USD settlement instantly. Even on the And weekend. that's important. Right, exactly. And, and I can't help but read this and go, okay, JP Morgan, you know they're not going to do anything to JP Morgan. Nope. Goldman Sachs is safe. State Street Bank, you just got a target on your forehead, pal. Like, you know, because the way that I'm thinking this may go down and, and, and we'll see if that's true, but it may be a backroom thing saying anyone that deals with crypto companies, were coming after you and they may have been sending a message. I could I, see that, but I'm kind of starting to think now, tell me what you guys think about this, this, this immediate 24 seven, like settlement. Maybe that's why they're specifically targeting those systems because it prevents their, it doesn't prevent, but it hampers their ability to respond to like crises right because like um it's a lot harder to close down a bank when everything is being settled instantaneously so you could have a run on the bank that happens like immediately right mm -hmm. maybe that's why they're targeting these guys maybe it's not just crypto but obviously they're not friendly towards crypto did you and guys see a component to crypto bank question for y'all so so you know elizabeth warren was like getting her nipples hard sorry that's a bad mm -hmm. visual but she was getting very excited over Silvergate going down, right? And then now Silicon Valley Bank had recently just bought out a bank that was very prevalent in her state of Massachusetts. And uh, so now, you know, now it's affecting like her hometown. Uh, and I, I just found that to be a slight bit of irony uh, in, in that she doesn't want these guys getting bailed out because it's that dirty, dirty crypto money, you know, but, but when it comes to, to what's gonna affect my constituents, you better have something going on. I mean, look at this. Is this on screen? Yeah. I mean, look at this quote. Yeah. Like, <clears throat> I think I think that we would have been allowed to open tomorrow that we could have continued. We've had a solid loan book. We're the biggest lender in New York City under the low income housing tax credit, which, by the way, has rippling effects for Section 8. And as I said, they're very heavy into, into the housing. Like, it's not like they, they weren't a crypto specific bank. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, we could have continued. And, and that's going to have rippling effects in, in that you know sector of, of a pretty important thing in New York City or, or in that area. Uh, said former congressman barry frank uh, signature bank board member uh, i think the bank could have been a go uh, been a going concern so like it, it it seems to me that people that you know are familiar with the bank like they believe that if they would have been allowed to continue they would they could have been fine and i it think was, that it was it, fine yeah the, ca the mm -hmm. case is there so uh so yeah i think that you know we have to call in the question that the operation choke point 2.0 you know narrative is is probably more than just a narrative it's clearly here uh, and, and by the way, we're like, this is, this is a war. Like that's, I've, I've said from the beginning that, um, you know, this isn't something that's going to be solved overnight. It's going to go on for a long time. But like, this is evidence that like the, the fed, the treasury, the white house, pretty much everybody, uh, is rallying to see this, this industry go down. Uh, mm -hmm. and so, you know, so I, I, I'm interested to see who steps in to replace signature because I don't know, you know I'm not sure who, the, like who the participants will be. Well, and you've got to like really ask yourself uh, how how dedicated are you to this industry? Yeah. If the fiat on and off ramps go away and like Dylan LeClaire said, all you've got is your hodl bag until something opens up, are you willing to, to take that? Or are you sitting in a position where this better move in the next two or three months or you're going to be in trouble? Yeah. Don't let yourself get in that position. Right. I think you have to you have to make sure that you have enough cash on hand. Like if you are a crypto participant and, and I'm not... I'm not saying that we won't have a bull market and there may, you know, that we won't see 
massive moves in Bitcoin. Like if, if the Fed pivots, you know, all equities markets will rally as a result. But if there mm -hmm. are, you know, we, we have to pay very, very close attention to what happens next with, with the on and off. Like that, like how do you cut the head off the snake? You basically cut off the on and off ramps for fiat to crypto because, you know, Bitcoin could be worth a billion dollars. But if you can't get cash out of it, it doesn't really matter. Um, right. Unless, you know, then that's that's the entire argument for transitioning to an economy where we can use Bitcoin, you know, as legal tender uh, and, and get off of a clearly broken fiat system. But that is where I think we have to focus as as an industry is like what happens next with fiat on and off ramps. And I'm I'm I want to see what Coinbase has to say about this. I want to see what Gemini's perspective is on this. Uh, and I think that, you know, as they continue, they're probably having meetings, I would assume, to figure that out right now. Like that's probably the glaring thing. Obviously, they, they're no dummies and they see how this is going. So. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'd be paying attention well, to. Coinbase mentioned, uh, that they have something like 240 million sitting in signature right now. And Kraken came out with, uh, a very poignant tweet. Let me see if I can find it yesterday. Yes, here it is right here. Let me share this. So they say Kraken USD funding will continue uninterrupted. Our long history and record of compliance, uh, has enabled us to maintain significant uh, banking diversity and redundancy around the world. However, recent events should be a wake-up call. Please diversify and self-custody. That's like Bank of America saying, hey, dude, take your money and put it under your mattress just in case something happens to us, right? We have no material exposure to stablecoin exchange rates because we do not treat them as interchangeable with national currency. Very smart. Kraken operates markets for the top stablecoins, allowing traders to provide liquidity. Operation, ooh, I love this part. Operation Choke Point 2.0 might have overplayed its hand this time, but the threat that's, remains. I love these guys so much. I mean, they will continue to attack the rails. Yeah. No, no, I, I agree with you. Like this, this could be an ultimate backfire, and that's and that's kind of the beauty of the situation, which is, you know, that you you have uh, you have further prove, proven the case as to why Bitcoin is a necessity in this world. Um, mm -hmm. and as people, you know, begin look, if people are pulling their money out of their banks, where, where's it going to go? And, and the answer could be in, into something, an asset that's a hard asset that's finite, uh, and that you could actually, you know, self custody. And so I think that, you know, in some ways it's, it was a look, if, if this, if this is part of an operation 2.0 type situation, then it was a very well executed plan. They, you know, they've mm -hmm. done an effective job to get to this point. The question is, does it backfire? And do we see a continued surge and rally in Bitcoin as a result? Because, you know, for every for every action, there's an equal but opposite reaction. And I think that's what we're starting to see right now. And so, yeah. um, you know, I'll be interested, like what happens next with the Fed rate hikes or not is going to really trigger uh, what happens next in, in the uh, the crypto markets, all equity markets. But yep. that yep. that is a very uh, on point statement by Kraken. Well, and TED Talks Macro, you guys, I assume, follow him. Uh... Yeah. He he's he's you know and again very very smart you know guy I don't know exactly who he is but uh unofficial quantitative easing begins on Monday this is so bullish hmm. and he continues to bull tweet uh and and troll Biden uh for basically the rest of the day and to and there's the pump and <laughs> to be perfectly honest this is this is my favorite one right here bid so that's me on the left with the dent in my head this time it's different. Maybe that's Nick up top. And then that's you, Clay, on the right. You're Yoda. And <laughs> and I, I love these bell curves because they're absolutely incredible. So who knows? Maybe this time is not different. Uh, maybe Bitcoin will continue to follow the exact same path. And that, you know, 
you guys know who Alan Watts is? Alan Watts. Uh, yeah. He's an old spiritual guru yeah. guy, right? Mm -hmm. he, he's a Buddhist yeah. teacher. And he used to tell the story of, he would say, if you look under a microscope and you look at blood, right? What you see is you see warring, you know, uh, basically cells trying to kill off diseases and it's war and it's war. But when you zoom out, it's all for the perfect functioning of your ecosystem as a human body, right? Mm -hmm. And so we're sitting here getting caught up in the day-to-day -day market moves, the minutia. And what if a year from now, two years from now, we look at the chart and it's exactly the same as it's always been. Because, you know, this, this not bailout, but this backstop is a one-year backstop. They essentially have until next year at this time to, you know, to, to get their money, right? Did you guys see the Taleb tweet about, I mean, you know, Taleb hates uh, crypto and uh, he was kind of- I don't know who he is. Nicholas, uh, Nassim Nicholas Taleb, he's a legend. Uh, let me <laughs> see if I can find it here. All right, I can't find it. I don't follow it, the haters, man. I can't. I can't. He points out that like banking collapses before 2008 um, were not uncommon at all. Like the numbers for bank collapses, it'd be like one every two weeks, like just some random regional bank collapsing and that's, since 2008. And that's true, but it, it wasn't a systemic public. Like, like the, the difference between today's world and the world, you know, the 1930s and shit, really anything before 1990s, yeah, I'm just saying basically from the, the, any time before there was mass uh, social media. Yeah, like Twitter. now the ability to spread hysteria is rapid. Yeah. It, it happens Dude. like this. Like, Clay, like, thank you. One influential person tweet. Like, who start? Who started? This, like, who how much of this credit? bank run was caused by VCs getting on Twitter and saying, yeah. like, "Yo, this bank is gonna collapse. You gotta pull your money out." Trust That's me, I have it inside. One hundred percent my point. So while there might have been one bank collapse every fourteen days because something in, you know in the middle of Idaho could no longer you know like pay their, yeah. their depositors like because they didn't have any like. True. There's a bad potato harvest. Yeah, exactly. So. Like shit like that, like fine. <laughs> but we've got, uh, we have such a connected world now where, you know, and, and everybody has an agenda. Like it, like let's, let's be honest. I'm going to, I mean, signature, there's an agenda behind the signature closure. It's not just, mm -hmm. it's not just that, you know, Silicon right. Valley bank deserved to live on and signature did not. It's a signature enabled signet, which enabled all the shit we've already talked about. So yeah. like, like, yes, there may have been bank closures before, but this is different, man. This is like, we were looking at we were looking at the nineteen you know thirty nine Great Depression type situation uh, if we didn't change so the speed at which information travels is is it's completely just a different scenario so yeah. this this had to happen. That you bring up a very very important point though in that so with all the stress testing they do on these banks right they're not stress testing this new stress factor and if if our system can be altered due to somebody with some influence making a statement on a social media platform we have a much bigger problem than i think people realize right yeah. and so what's very interesting caitlin long who we just referenced one of her tweets a minute ago but she's mm -hmm. with custodia bank yeah. right which is a non-fractional reserve bank that was seeking a federal reserve banking license or not just a banking license but direct mm -hmm. fed access and was denied they were, she was denied, right? She extremely qualified. Like there's absolutely no reason that I can understand that, that custodia banks should have been denied. They were a one-to-one -one depositor, no fractional reserve. They don't lever up any of that shit. 
they were denied. And so it really makes you wonder when you have somebody that's coming in, that's willing to do things in a way that a bank run could be sustained no matter what. And they kick that one out of the boys club. I mean, what does that tell you? There's some, there's much more going on here than any of us know. I'm sure. Yeah. So, so, I mean, so do you know the premise behind what, what she was, you know, like what, she was she was not operating on a fractional reserve banking system is my understanding but i don't know to what extent and she well no one to one one to one deposits one to one one to one there was wow. no i mean even if it's 99 percent to one it's it still is. fractional you know right, it has right. to be fully one to one deposits backed guaranteed one to one but she right. was crypto friendly she was crypto friendly hmm. and that's their platform you know? so like how would she make money like what was like if they're not lending well, I mean, there's plenty of services um, and, you know, one to one doesn't mean they're not lending. Well, I guess it would mean they're not lending, but it doesn't mean that they're not like circle, for example, is one to one. They don't have a fractional reserve. They have a full reserve, but they're making money off of short dated treasuries and yeah. three months treasuries and one year treasuries. Right. Mm-hmm. And so they could operate in the same way that circle does. And I do believe they were also looking for to work around some stable coins and, and things of that nature. So. It's very, very interesting to see all this happening. And and I think, you know, as the week goes on, we're going to see more and more unfold. I don't know what type of charts we're going to be looking at. I hope we're looking at charts that are over 25.5 because that means the neckline will have broken. And if that's true, I don't know. I don't know where we're headed, to be perfectly honest. But right now, I'm long. Even though Nick said he was going to have to come and shoot me himself. Uh, <laughs> for anyone that he's, I'm going to come after shoot you myself. Well... Sorry, Nick. I went long, yeah. buddy. I mean, we Absolutely. may have a we may have a Michael Burry situation called to the T on our hands here, which is the Fed would have to pivot sooner than they needed to. Uh, he didn't he didn't necessarily state that that the you know the that banks would have to liquidate their treasure their their long term treasury holdings, even though that's what the Fed told them to buy. This is the safest asset for you to buy. Exactly. And by the way, we're gonna we're gonna print thirty three percent of our money supply in two years, and so inflation is gonna run rampant. Your 10-year treasuries are effectively uh, you're going to have to be sold off because you're now in a financial crisis as a bank uh, because the two-year treasury yields are 5%. So this like this has systemically been created by a handful of decisions that have led us to this point. But with, you know, be that as it may, uh, we've got a Bitcoin halving coming up in one year. We've got a Fed who is potentially now in a position that they have to pivot. Uh, or you know, if you continue to raise rates, you can have a $64 billion, um, you know backstop all you'd like. But you're going to continue to see regional banks continue to fold. And by the way, I think we are going to continue to see regional banks fold. But you've got a Fed that's forced to pivot. You've got uh, you've got the Bitcoin having coming up, you know, in about a year's time. Right. And like all of this is coinciding with uh, the potential momentum to drive us into a bull run that I don't think any of us expected because of the you know the factors that we were facing from a macroeconomic perspective up to this point. And so is this good for America long term? I don't think so. Uh, I think that you know if you pivot now, we are going like the basically the Michael Berry case was the Fed, the Fed pivots too soon, uh inflation comes down to just like a, a sustainable point 4 to 5 percent somewhere in that range uh you know uh Powell goes burr they you know they turn the money printer back on and then in two years we're back in this really effed up situation uh mm-hmm. and there's really, and there's not a you know it, it's it's sort of like a bullwhip effect when it comes to supply chain management and if you don't know what that but is but if that's true everyone yeah. watching this show is going to be significantly richer and own a lot more hard assets including bitcoin and property so Correct. hopefully that's the case and you know that's the volcker effect like that's what 
you know, Volcker was a guy who had to raise rates up to 20% back in the mm-hmm. late 70s, I think early 80s, uh, to get inflation under control. And he got it under control, pivoted too soon, and then it skyrocketed again. And, and that that's is what Michael Jay Powell Berry. keeps referencing. Yes, and that's Michael Berry's case for what was going to happen this time. Um, yep. And it has a name and it, and it escapes me. Uh, if the guy would stop deleting his goddamn Twitter, maybe I could find it. But uh, <laughs> he, he continually does. But um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I think that, look, things to watch, right? Look, Operation Choke Point 2.0 is uh, it, it's it's real. Um, and so I'm now my eyes are on a few different things. Ethereum being chased as a security. If you think that that narrative is dead, it's not. Uh, Binance, like, they, look, they took out, so they took out uh, Silvergate, they took out Signature, and that's that's fine. And so I don't know what the solution is going to be there in terms of getting, you know, deposits from Coinbase to all the rest of the players that need them uh, in a rapid pace. So that's obviously something to watch. But but even more so, what's up with Binance? Like, I have a feeling that now they're like, all right, great, we've cut the head off the snake in terms of, uh, you know, getting, um, you know effectively overnight loans and money transfers between exchanges, which slows shit down considerably. The fiat on and off ramp problem is you know, exasperated. Now what happens with Binance? Because, okay, great, we've done that. FTX is gone. Now we go after the world's largest exchange that's left. And that's what I want to watch is like, you know, you've already seen it. It's, you know, that they're trying to build the case against CZ and against Binance. So Ethereum as security, uh, Binance, you know, whatever, whatever the next moves against them are, and then what's the solution to uh, to resolve this Silvergate slash uh, Signet void? And and so it, it's look in a three to five year perspective, if you can stave off what happens with the U.S. government and what they you know, what they're trying to do right now in the Biden administration, et cetera, mm-hmm. there's actually a massive opportunity here for someone to build a really legitimate version of Signet slash Silvergate, uh, Silvergate Exchange Network. Like there's a huge banking opportunity that's going to take a long time. Like you can't just. Well, it might have to be outside of the United States. It might be and HSBC it, it, and Hong Kong that decides yep. to build it. Yep. And mm-hmm. it's not illegal to bank outside of the United States. You can nope. do that, right? And you can have your U.S. entity own a foreign entity that holds bank accounts. And, you know, maybe yep. all the crypto exchanges move into Hong Kong. And yep. then you know who becomes the winner? It's China. Yep. China becomes the winner. Brick, I mean, it's potential brick nations. Like, there's there's a lot of, uh, and, and this goes into conversations about the petrodollar, and, and all the things that the BRIC nations are doing, sitting on a shit ton of oil where, you know, you could get actually get away from the petrodollar, probably a conversation for another time. But like, <laughs> all right, so what are you guys doing now? Like, like, so we're here. Um, and, and what do you, you know, what, what is your play? If you, you know, not financial advice, but what is your play uh, as we stand today? Because I woke up this morning and I looked at my portfolio and things are up 20%. And I'm like, damn, this, you know, so from from mass hysteria and and frankly fear as much as much usdc as i was sitting in you know the one time i become stable clay it's like the greatest event to ever ever backfire uh, happens to me some five days later which is just such great irony but like you know what do you guys inverse claimer chilling chilling dog that's what i'm doing that's my play is just chilling on my bags uh, what are you yeah yeah okay yeah, so you're not gonna, chilling are you chilling in stables or you're chilling on the I'm bags chilling, that you have? i'm holding i'm just holding dude i'm just gonna hold all my stuff i'm not gonna like try and reorganize or anything right now i've already got like nice positions so i'm just gonna try and write it out i mean i'm not i don't want to liquidate now and, and do you want to tell us what you're holding you want to well no i want to keep it close to my chest we can now. reveal well i mean i've got mainly just like phantom i think i've said it before phantom beats oath i'm in this satin pre-sale i'm eager to see how this plays out 
That's a yeah, significant yeah. chunk of what I got. But I kind of actually, you know, it's rude to answer a question with a question, but I've got like, um, I think a point that I don't think we've brought up yet that about the Silvergate S like the SCN, the, <clears throat> the immediate settlement. Uh, yep. Doesn't this completely like hamstring, not completely kill, but it hamstrings like stable coins like USDC? Because the reason we saw that DPEG is because they couldn't access funds on the weekend because they didn't have mm-hmm. that 24 seven settlement, right? No, well, we saw, we saw, go ahead, Clay. No, no, no. All right. We saw it because some the, probably the same reason we saw run on the bank with SVB his news travels, news travels fast. Mm-hmm. And if you're in a stable coin and there's even a potential of it not being stable, right? We all have PTSD from UST and Luna. Like I didn't hold any, but I watched that sucker go down mm-hmm. the whole time. Just thinking, well, when's it going to repay? Cool. You know, I mean, when's it going to come back? But they could have they could have put pulled more money in to to reestablish but peg. Right? What guarantees what guarantees a peg for retail is that I can send my USDC to Coinbase and get one to one dollars every single day. And they had to turn that off. And they they never turned it off over a weekend before. And I can only assume they had to turn it off because they didn't have their Silvergate Exchange Network or their or their Signet to That's be able to move money yeah. with. Yeah. Well, so so like if if that continues right if there is no intraday or inner immediate settlement system like like silver gates or uh or signatures then we're going to continue to see that happening on week the likelihood of that happening on the weekends is going to increase right we need we need more dis- like lusd held up like a champ and i i yeah, learned some things earn, about bro. why yeah, yeah we need earn earn's right coming here. but I- but with lusd there is a like a stabilization fund as i understand it and uh, you can redeem your LUSD for underlying assets, I believe. Uh, I, this is just Correct. the way that it was explained to me. But what happens is if there's a ton of assets coming in, the, the haircut you have to take goes up and then it settles over time and it brings it right back to peg. And it's a very, very interesting system that really does make it probably the most sound stable coin on the market. Yeah. And, I, and mm-hmm. I am, I'm very excited to see you know, some of the ways in which the Byte Masons have added to it. Yeah, uh, not just because I I have a giant suitcase of oath uh, <laughs> wheeling behind me, but yeah, but I, I do think they're going to be something great. I mean, but we need to we need to separate two things here. One, USDC depegged because three point three billion of of cash on hand was 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 tied up in in Silicon Valley Bank. Right. It was called yeah. into question. Correct. Like like truly, uh, you know, um, uh, confidence in 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 Circle was lost, and that is what caused the depeg. Now what we see is that all of these other decentralized stable coins uh, are also tied to USDC. And so, you know, like, look, anything that's based on a one-to-one backing of fiat dollars really can't be considered decentralized. I don't care what you want to mm-hmm. say about it. It's not. And so when we saw the systemic risks of USDC, then you saw what happened to all other, all other stable coins that are tied in some way, shape or form to USDC. So truly taking out USDC is, um, is, is, is how to end the sector basically to, to, to ruin crypto. And we are very close. If not for Roku and uh, Roblox and Etsy Thank and all this God other shit Roblox. being at Silicon Valley Bank, where if you if you you know effectively end you know if if you screw over every depositor at that bank, you're going to have massive business closures, layoffs, people not being able to pay payroll. Like for the weekend, Etsy uh, you know Etsy store providers didn't get paid. Why Silicon Valley Bank? So so <laughs> what I'm trying to say here is. They were this close to cutting the head off circle, 
But because there was so much systemic risk to massive, real, other types of uh, very important businesses in this country, you had to find a way to backstop them uh, and make them whole. And it just yeah. it just so happened that uh, you know that's that circle was in a position that other very important players were at that bank. So thank God that that was the case because otherwise I don't know how that would have turned out. And and if they continued that three point three billion dollar hole, you know, sub you know, like sands a loan from somebody else. I think that USDC depegs and we're having a very like I don't even know if we have a, a conversation to have at that point because I'm not sure. Well, what I mean, if USDC could depeg and, you know, if nobody's able to exit, they're yeeting that into whatever asset they can get out of it before right. it's completely gone, you know, um, but I think we survive. Yeah. And I think, you know, crypto, the journey of crypto is. I mean, it's like a journey anywhere. You you get real clear on what you don't want, and we don't know what we don't want until it causes us some form of pain, whether real or imagined. And then we yeah. create the solutions to prevent what we don't want, thereby giving us ourselves what we actually do want. You know, yeah. and that's we just saw this because nobody. I mean, so, I'm sure somebody did, but nobody was really pointing out the risk here because they're using banks. Because nobody wants to say banks are a risk, but banks are, I mean, maybe the bankless guys say banks are a risk, but like, but banks are a risk and, and we need to have BTC being our base currency and everything else stemming off of that. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, kind of the pie in the sky that we're, we're working towards and more people that, that understand that I think the better off we're going to be long-term. So yeah. Should we yeah. play Biden real quick yeah. before yeah, we yeah. wrap? I, I just want to say one more thing. So, you know, for me, sure, um, <clears throat> with the USDC repeg and with the fact like like some re reinstated uh, confidence in Circle, and I know that they they are now certainly looking at all banking relationships saying, you know, are, are we in the right position to to maintain the path forward that uh, that we need? So for me, I, I'm, I'm staying the course, as I've said, you know, even look, even before this, I was I was bullish overall, but not not short term that we were going to go straight up. Um, I thought that, you know, we're back into a, a, a potential bull run, but it might take the year to to kind of resolve all the economic issues. It's still going to take that year and, they, and things might get worse in three years because of what we're doing right now. But uh, I am I'm going to continue to accumulate the really the, the, the core bags that I want on, on opportunities that I can. But I'm also going to take a little bit of money out uh, to make sure that I can live uh, in case I'm some, like, like there has to be, you've got to learn something from like crazy events like this catastrophe type stuff, which is if something went completely sideways and you can tell that there are people coming after this industry, if something went completely sideways, are you in a position to survive, uh, you know, a two year or three year downturn as crypto has to refigure it out? And that's the mm -hmm. question you have to be able to answer for yourself. So so basically, long long story long, uh, I'm maintaining the course. I'm going to make sure that I am protected. Uh, I don't know where, where where do you put the money, I guess, is the question. Uh, but that's that's basically what I'm doing. Um, and we may have a potential bull run on our hands if we see a Fed pivot uh, over the coming days. The CPI print tomorrow is going to be uh, very telling as to what happens next. Um, mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that's what I'm doing. Yeah, if inflation is not coming down tomorrow, we you know we might see some wonkiness all right hey if you've been watching this entire video do me a favor like the video subscribe to the channel we love you guys we want to keep bringing you this content and every like and subscribe that we get helps us to do that let's uh this man looks confused he just looks every time i look at him poor guy looks confused He's you know between him and powell and yellen like you know they can't hold a meeting between three and four because they're all having dinner at that time all right let's uh i'm sorry that was an old
old person joke. That was terrible. All right, let's keep going. Today, thanks to the quick action of my administration over the past few days, Americans can have confidence that the banking system is safe. Your deposits will be there when you need them. Small businesses across the country, the deposit accounts at these banks can breathe easier knowing they'll be able to pay their workers and pay their bills. And their hardworking employees can breathe easier as well. Last week, when we learned of the problems of the banks and the impact they could have on jobs of small businesses and banking system overall, I instructed my team to act quickly to protect these interests. They've done that. They've done that. On Friday, the government regulator in charge, the FDIC, took control of Silicon Valley Bank's assets. And over the weekend, it took control of Signature Bank's assets. Treasury Secretary Yellen and the team of banking regulators have taken action, immediate action. And here are the highlights. First, all customers who had deposits in these banks can rest assured, I want to rest assured they'll be protected and they'll have access to their money as of today. That includes small businesses across the country that bank there and need to make payroll, pay their bills and stay open for business. No losses, will, and I'm on, this is an important point, no losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Let me repeat that. No losses will be borne by the taxpayers. Instead, the money will come from the fees that banks pay into the deposit insurance fund. Because of the actions of that, because of the actions that our regulators have already taken, every American should feel confident that their deposits will be there if and when they need them. Okay, so they're doing their best to reassure the American people their their deposits are safe. And I think that's the whole game is you have to get people back to the point of confidence. And I, judging by the markets this morning, not not the crypto markets, but the traditional markets and the, and the bank stocks, I would say they probably have not done that so far. So we might have a rocky road ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen. But you know what? We're going to be here for it. We're going to be here every single day bringing you the news, bringing you the best that we possibly can. Again, like the video, subscribe to the channel. With me as always, Mr. Crypto Clay, Swagmaster Corval, killing me, brother. And we're going to get the hell out of here. Still moving across the trail. Take us <laughs> home, dude.